Tom! Hi! How are you, my friend? Oh, better now. How are you? I'm good. I apologize for my uh, not very attractive environs. I, we, we, this is our sort of like storage room for our place as we slowly move into our apartment and make it look nice. Uh, look, as long as there's an attractive subject matter in the middle, I, I don't see anything else. <laughs> oh, Tom, you flatter me. How you doing, my friend? Oh, marvelous. How are you? How are you in New York? Are you in New York now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm a, whatever accent that was, we'll call it New York. I, you know, I, I've been here for a year now, and I like it more now than I did six months ago. I still love my Chicago, and I, I miss all my Chicago people so, so much. I'm starting to, like, you know, carve out a little little thing here. I don't think it's, – it's clear to me that I will never love any city as much as I love Chicago. But I get to live in my second favorite city to live in, and that ain't a bad compromise to make. So No, it's, it's your step city. My step city, yeah. <laughs> it'll, never, it'll never be uh, Susan Sarandon, but it'll be my Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess you have been there a year now. And are, where are you? Are you in Brooklyn? I'm in Brooklyn. I, we just moved to the Bed-Stuy neighborhood. We were in Bushwick, which is mm -hmm. sort of like the very hip, sort of uh, Logan Square. Uh, yes, you need to be ushered right out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> where are you at okay. now? Are you, what neighborhood? I am still in the same place as last time. So I'm, I'm right by Belmont and Southport. You know what? I feel like I should know that because I, I think you talked to Becca about that on the podcast that I listen to. Oh, look at and you. I, I do my homework and also it's fun to listen to it. <laughs> she's also, would you know where she is? I know she told me, but. She's in downtown Brooklyn, which when I was in oh, Bushwick sorry. was a bit of a hike and now it's a bit closer. And I was texting her that we're overdue for a hangout. So we're going to have to get together. Just don't post any pictures about it or talk about it in any way that would make me jealous. Here's my question for you. When are you going to come out here? So I get a guest room for you. One of my friends was telling me recently that I need to go to the places I say I'm going to go. And <laughs> so far on this podcast, I've had invitations to LA and now invitations to New York. So I'm going I'm to be traveling this summer. I mean, I assure you that Devin and I would be delighted to have you stay with us. And I know that you're a New Jersey boy, so I don't know if you've got like a whole network of connections, but please, please. Come I, with no, us. I don't. <laughs> no, if I were to stay in New York, it would be with you or maybe Becca, or if Asher would sure. let me sit on his couch. <laughs> you wouldn't need a couch. We have a full-size bed. It's a Murphy bed. Oh, the desk that fat? I'm sitting at. No. <laughs> Actually, it's a very small, a toothpick thin bed. Honestly, I think you're Thank the only you. person who could possibly fit in it. That sounds right. <laughs> um so we are recording already if that's okay oh that's fine with me yeah um i i didn't mean to do it but i was getting like the hellos uh from the very beginning and now it, it's kind of cute i think yeah it's like we, we you get to see the connection being forged you can hear the sincere delight in my face when i see your beautiful mug for the first time in such a long time oh you you <laughs> when are you coming to chicago uh well, let's see here i've got tentative plans to be there April and in, in mid-April because uh, a buddy of mine's getting married and he's having a bachelor party and I'll probably, you know, sneak out maybe a day or so early so I can see my friends. But then, you know, it's, it's sort of like I, I, I'll come out every once in a while if I can find like a cheap ticket. And I, I learned in my uh, visiting home that having, trying to like have everybody come out at once is not how I like to see people. Yeah. I like to do like 
two or three folks at a time that like all sort of know each other so we could all like hang out and have a real like sincere moment of connection. And then uh, I'll, you know, just do like two or three of those versus one big one. Or, you know, sometimes yeah. I'll, I'll come out on my Tom trip and I'll spend time with you, Tom, and then I'll come back another time and spend time with all my other dear friends and family. Well, I also have a guest bedroom, uh, which you're welcome Ooh. to. Um, but <laughs> you are such a sweet little angel baby that you do like that sort of more <laughs> in, intimate environment. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a party. I have a great time at a party. But right. when I see all these people that I haven't seen in so long, like you get like 30 seconds with each person. And it mm-hmm. just feels like every moment you're spending with somebody, you're feeling guilty that you're not spending moments with somebody else. And then once you leave that person, you feel bad you weren't with the person you were before. And it's just like, I don't, I can't handle the emotional stress of it. I'd rather just have nice little moments where we can get to, oh. to connect. I know. I, I agree. I, I also get overwhelmed by too many people. But I went to IO recently, last uh, this past Thursday. Ooh, what do you think about the new redesign? It's cool. I keep saying it's like, um, you know, like sometimes sitcoms will do that thing where they like, will have an episode that's like in the 40s and they like redress the set and it's like yeah. the same actors play, playing like themselves in the 40s. It's kind of like <laughs> that. It It's redressed, but it's the same. And some of the faces are the same, but it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, it's certainly cute we went upstairs and there was like a VHS library and like a, one of those old TVs that had a, uh, VCR, a VCR. <laughs> in, in the bottom of it. Yeah. How quickly we forget Tom. <laughs> Very young. I never got to use those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was, it's cute. You haven't been, have you? I have been, uh, oh. I, when I was in town around Thanksgiving, I think, uh, James Dugan invited me to do a show with him that got canceled because we didn't have enough audience. But then I jumped into, uh, it was called like, your horrible holiday or something like that oh. um it was i think brad pike uh helmed show with it just a, it's, it's sort of an armando where people talked about like very bad holidays that they had and we just based oh. on it oh. <laughs> so i don't have a, ba- a lot of bad holidays i don't think that i have a lot in that particular area the one of the most memorable holidays this is a very sweet story my sister uh, well, I'll say this. When I, I moved to New York right after college for about uh, nine months and the city chewed me up and spit me out like it was the most like <laughs> like I was, uh, you know, if I was playing Final Fantasy seven, I was like uh, attacking a weapon before I had the right materia and level experience. Right. <laughs> I'm sure the Tom, t- rom-com Tom audience is going to love my. <laughs> oh, they're soaking it up. They're yeah, soaking it up. RPG references. And you work for your friend's gym, right? Yeah, well, yeah, my friend, my friend, Mr. Equinox and his gym. Yeah, <laughs> it was the worst job I ever had. I worked for the I worked the worst clientele, but just the meanest people I've ever met. Sure. And I made minimum wage and could barely make ends meet with my uh, with my cash flow to, to, to do anything, let alone fly back home for the holidays. And so for the very first time, you know, I come from a family of four or three brothers and sisters, four kids and then two parents. And we'd been together every single holiday. And for the very first time, I, one of the children was not going to be there for Christmas day and it was going to be me because I couldn't afford the ticket. I just couldn't do it. And so then uh, maybe two or three days before Christmas, my sister, Dana, uh, who is, uh, she's rich. She's doing really well for herself. (laughs) Good for her. She, uh, she called me. She's like, okay, Andy, uh, you cannot say no to this. Uh, I'm buying you a ticket to fly to, uh, home for Christmas and it's a surprise for mom and dad and it's a present for them so if you feel uncomfortable accepting it know that you're not doing it for yourself you're doing oh it for mom God. and dad and like just like like made sure I could not possibly say no or or possibly feel guilty about it 
bought me this ticket and we flew home and I surprised my mom and dad Christmas Eve. They burst into tears. They like still oh. talk about it to this day. It was a little beautiful moment that she got to build for me, which was so great. Oh. Oh my God, that's so sweet. That's such a Junkian explanation too. You guys are so sincere and sweet and nice where you're like, here's this thing that's good for you and you can't feel guilty because of these reasons. I love the, the logic of that. I, I'm I'm very, very lucky to have the family that I have, which puts me in a position where I, if I'm ever an asshole, I'm the biggest asshole of all time because I've gotten every single opportunity to learn to be nice for my family. <laughs> well, you are very nice. You're, the, you're an incredible sweetheart. I, I'm bad at doing this, but um, welcome to Romcom Tom, my, my yeah! show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome. So happy to have you, Andrew Junk. Um, and <laughs> you and I have known each other for at least 10 years by now, right? I want to say we're close to 15. I mean, like, what, what time? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I, I maybe, might maybe be. 14, but I feel like it was 2010. Uh, yeah. which would make it 13, I suppose, when we took classes. And yeah, we met that's almost right. right away, yeah. Andrew Knox was on. Um, Ooh, I love me some Knox. <clears throat> yeah, he was on, and we were talking about Birthday Girl and Dogs. So, you know, those were improv teams that you and I were also on. Those were legendary teams. Legendary, t- legendary. Uh, to quote <laughs> um, Juju V on RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 1, I think. Uh-huh. So you're legendary, <laughs> but all I see is legs and dairy. Oh, uh, that's a good, that's a good drag burn. line. Just so you know, sort of the concept of what we're doing here today is basically talking about relationship stuff. Re- mm-hmm. I really want to hear bad date stories or like bad Ooh. relationship stories, but we want to see if there's something we can learn from them. We want to see what sort of sure. good stuff there is sort of no holds bar on on my end we can talk about whatever sure. we want likewise here anything you want to chat about it's it's, it's uh, on the table great so your penis uh yes. <laughs> it's shaped like a question mark i don't understand it and <laughs> i can't why i want to see it um, <laughs> <laughs> so i i wanted to uh talk about something but i don't i had to get your permission first are we allowed to talk about when we did shrooms yes yes <laughs> that was so fun <laughs> That was wonderfully fun. It was, it was two, like year, two years ago. It was a spiritual experience. Like, I, I, I refer to that as like, like you know, uh, anytime people talk about doing drugs and they talk about like, oh, it was like this wonderful, like connected, beautiful experience. I always like roll my eyes. And then that moment, I, I, I like felt so, it was such a wonderful, like right before I moved to have that moment with like just some of my very, very best friends who I felt so safe and so connected with. And like just having this sort of like out of body experience with everybody was just, it was beautiful. It was like, it was really, really touching. And I was, I I treasured that memory that I had with you all. Same. So it was the first time I had done them and whether it was for my birthday or not, that's the narrative I push. Um, (laughs) I know it was also because you were leaving soon, but in my head, it was just for me. I, I think about it a lot because one, it was super fun. And two, there, it's, I remember walking up to to the day that we were doing it and you guys were just all on the porch and it was just like this real, I don't know, I was nervous about it, but you guys were like just chill on the porch. And then (laughs) that really like, for some reason calmed me. And then we went inside and you guys explained the rules. (laughs) What were the rules? Do you remember how I explained them or how we explained them? Yeah, I remember we were not supposed to do anything else. We were not supposed to do any recreational 
drugs or alcohol oh, yes, or yes, anything yes, like yes. that, that we shouldn't leave the house uh, and that we shouldn't cluster, I think was one of the things you said, like pairing off like some people. Yeah, I think they said thing. like, yeah, or, or maybe what you said was if you like, if you feel something, just say it, like, just just sort of let it all out, like, don't put it in. I don't quite remember. Do you? I mean, the the stuff that I sort of was aware of moving into that experience was like just, I mean, it's like the standard sort of like thing, which is set and setting, which is like you want to be in a place where you feel comfortable and safe and you want to sort of have a mindset of like, hey, this is, I'm in a safe place. I'm with people that care about me. Like, I think if if I imagine what I would have said before that experience, it probably been something like, I mean, to you, to you and the folks that we did this with, I, I would have said something like, um, I love you all so, so much. There's literally, you are incapable of doing something that I, I think is is hurtful or wrong to me. I think that you you have a little stop certain in your brain before you're going to hurt anybody in this room. And we all are just going to look out for each other so hard and have a wonderful little experience. And we just like had it, you know? Yeah, I think that's what you said verbatim, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. And I just so we like took them or whatever, and then we were waiting. And then I don't know if you remember this part, but we were there was a, a, a video or there was a playlist, but we were watching cover art on the TV. Yes. yes and yes. after it, it had sort of kicked in, we were all looking at it being like, because I fully thought everything was going to be cartoons and everything was like going to come to life. episode. <laughs> right. So we're like looking at this picture. And I remember us all being like, I think it's moving. And then out of the corner of my eye, I had just seen the new scream. I thought I was seeing Ghostface like point poking out. I was like, I know that's not real, but this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like I mean, a the shadow. Thing, the thing that opened it up for, for me was uh, Trepka brought those little Rorschach cards, those like little different like <sighs> uh, ink blot images that were like different colors and then had like my memory is that they had like just like almost like nonsense phrases in the back that were like themselves a Rorschach test that like yeah. you know you could kind of see whatever whatever jumped out at you is what sort of like was impactful yeah. and it was it was I mean that like opened it up for me remember like we were like holding up like oh this one's too scary we'd like <laughs> throw it around <laughs> oh my god yeah they were literally just ink blots and we would be like what about this one? Oh no too scary too scary too scary this one makes me feel warm and safe <laughs> yeah and then we ended up making some too that's right, we did. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh, that was such a, we, we nailed it. I feel like we knocked it out of the park with that experience. I feel like we totally nailed it. And I remember at one point you and you and Trapco were talking, this, someone and I were sitting on the couch talking and I remember he was <laughs> explaining uh, that you can sometimes have a lot of emotion. And like, uh, as soon as I sat down, he was like, oh, you know, are you feeling any emotion or anything yet? I was like, no, I And I just like, <laughs> I don't know what about, I don't even remember what we talked about, but. I like never cry in front of people. So I was like, oh, this is letting it out. It was great. Oh, I was with you too. I mean, cause I'm the same way. I, I very rare. I mean, I'm not like averse to emotion. I feel like I'm relatively in touch with like what I'm feeling, but I don't often show it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I remember just like looking around and just seeing all these people that I loved so much and just being on the brink of this huge move to a city that was, you know, had in the past been a defeat for me, like something, a place that I went and really felt like I did not do well at. And feeling afraid, but feeling more than anything, I was so afraid. And I remember I said this, that I was like, the people that I care about might forget how much I care about them. Like, I'm, I'm afraid oh. that they're going to like not realize that I love them so much. And like, if I make new friends, I'm worried that my old friends aren't going to realize that I still love them. <laughs> and like, no, no, and then no. I started like bawling. I remember, but it was like this beautiful feeling. It was not like sad. It was like, 
I don't know. And like, I felt like I, I had like a, a context for sort of processing all these feelings. And again, it was, it was just made by, by, by you folks. Just having you all there was so nice. Oh, the, um, so actually the first time I had ever smoked weed, I didn't smoke weed until I was 33. And my, my friend, Kyle, sort of like what you were saying earlier, he set up like the perfect environment. Um, he invited a, his friend over that I really, really enjoy, but don't get to see very often. We, he ordered the food I liked, we had the uh, movie I wanted to see ready to go, the, the wine I drank already. So it was like this perfectly curated like experience. I was so preoccupied with identifying the moment when I became high that I think I missed it. I kept hearing these like bubble noises, like this sort of like, whoop, whoop. and I was like, that, that's weird. And I kept telling them, I was like, I'm hearing this noise. And they're like, you're way high. And I was like, I don't feel high. I was doing like the nose touch with your finger thing. <laughs> the, the, uh, what the DUI test at the road test. Yeah. So they kept telling me I was like tripping balls. And then eventually you found out that the girl was playing um, like a, like a candy crush type game on her phone. Um, was so high that she didn't connect. That's what I what I was saying. Yeah. Um, so my quest to for logic sort of squashed my first high, but you know, luckily, mm. I've I've practiced since then. You know, it's funny. It's like as we're talking, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember the first time I smoked pot, and it, it's also like I'm like I don't do a ton of drugs. Like I, I'm not somebody who who really does. Them no, no, no. I feel like you and I, the times that I've done them, you've been with me for like fifty percent of them. <laughs> I mean, I guess smoking pot. I definitely will do that. But like any sort of like hallucinogen or anything like that, it's 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 a very rare occurrence for me. Same. Um, but I am sort of like, oh man, I haven't done that in a while. And it was like, I don't know, it's, it, it, it can be a really fun experience. It can be a really interesting experience. It can be sort of like a cathartic thought provoking experience sometimes. Um, so I don't know. It's like, I think it's it's worth, it's worth goofing off with if, if you're like, somebody who's not schizophrenic <laughs> you know if you're not yes if you're not schizophrenic you don't, if you don't if you don't have like a pre-existing condition that's going to make you like for sure have a bad trip then i'd say it's it's worth experimenting with in a safe place with people that you care about yeah if you're on some ssris be careful <laughs> yes yes <laughs> may i share one more drug related story and then we'll move yes. on yes but this Please. is not you and i are not drug people we're very light on the drugs it just so happened these are experiences that I was trying to explore more in my 30s because yeah, I that's didn't. where I was too. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't drink until I was 23. And I was 20, 20, zero, 20, I think, when I started yeah. drinking. Yeah. And that's what's really funny too is our friend group, a lot of us were late bloomers in, in that sort of region. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I bring it up is because, uh, as I've stated several times in this, I moved to uh, Rhode Island for work in, in the fall of 2019. And the night before my last day at work, we had had a show at IO and with uh, Gone Gone, okay. uh, our, our newest improv team, Gone Gone. And it was a, I have legendary my, team, legendary, team. legendary, legs and dairy. Uh, and I remember ugly crying before or after or both. Hmm. I don't remember. Remember, we were like in the stairwell. You get. I don't. I remember. I remember. I remember uh, feeling your your loss acutely in the in that. Moment. <sighs> I don't remember when it occurred. So we had our show, and then we were all hanging out afterwards. And somebody had the idea to try Molly. <laughs> we we went to our friend's house that lived in a high rise and had a pool, and we were in the pool, and mm-hmm. we did that until maybe five or six a.m. 
Yes, I remember we went into the um, what was it? The, the sauna, uh, steam room. Sauna, and we a little steam steam room. We all had our little swimsuits on, and we all had. And then <laughs> the host made us all say nice things about each other, which I am always a sucker for. I, I love, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought you did that. I thought you suggested. No, that. no, that was that was all our our host. And then yeah, we did that, and then we and I remember we all like slept in a big bed and fell asleep to the Dark Knight on TV. Oh my god, that's right. <laughs> but that was such a helpful boost for me. I, I had mixed feelings about what I was doing. It was an, it was a good job, but I, I wasn't sure about where I would be living and all that. And it it I truly feel that that night of honest euphoria. I mean, when our friend group gets together, it's very kind. It's very fun. Yes. It's very laugh heavy. It's very emotional. And it gave me sort of like this like burst uh, of energy to sort of get me through the first few months of being there because I, I, I felt I was running on empty before I even left. Mm, yeah. So it was so yeah. wonderful. You know, it's funny. Like, I, I feel like as you're describing our friend group, it's something that I, I'm very proud of. I'm very proud of the friends that I have in my life and the people that I've been able to meet. Cause I feel like there is almost to a T the people that I would call my very best friends, which I think Abby McEnany once said that she describes a best friend as a level and not a person. And I'm like, Ooh, I, wow. I love that. I love that. I feel like I subscribe to that hard. So the people who are like my best friends are ones that I, I trust completely and ones that I, I can be like emotionally vulnerable with. And I know are going to take care of me because they're kind mm -hmm good people. And in New York, it's like, I've met a lot of people that I think are, are fun and interesting and, and maybe potentially could be those people to me too. But you just, it takes time. It takes time to build that trust that I have with everybody else. And when you're in your twenties, it's, it's so much easier to build that trust because everybody is open and hungry for it, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you get to be a little bit older, it's trickier because people sort of have their little universes that they, I mean I, I have one too you know like, mm -hmm. I, like I myself am being a little like withholding with some folks and not being quite as emotionally vulnerable as I have been with right my dear friends of the past because I'm like you know I'm like oh I don't want to I don't want to invest too hard in this person what if they turn out to, to, to be mean and I and I and I love them but I can't uh, but they're mean and I still love them and now I'm stuck with them for the rest of my <laughs> life and they're mean you know <laughs> yeah I mean well that's the, that was the nice thing about the community we had in uh, in the improv world because you did sort of get thrown together with a bunch of people and you did get to get close with them or, or other people within that same building. It's very hard. And mm -hmm. I've been thinking since the pandemic, this is the first time, it's the first time in my life where it's like I get done work and then I have nothing else. And mm -hmm. throughout my entire 20s and early 30s, I always had work and then a show or, or like a rehearsal and then a show and then maybe another show and there was always things to do after or some sort of obligation so it wasn't until I was yeah 35 where it was like oh I just do this eight hour day and then the rest of the day is mine it's weird yeah well I mean uh, and and do you think the podcast sort of uh was born of that where you're like have that instinct to do and so yeah. instinct to create and it was not being fulfilled. And you're like, well, I got to fill this void somehow, you know? Yeah. I would say that. And because a psychic told me to do it. Oh man. That's so, Oh, I love it. Man. I tell <laughs> you, I, I, am a, I'm a psychic skeptic. I, I I'm very much uh, like I, I am a science first type of person, but the story that you told about the, uh, 
the, the L's over your heart. I was like, that is a pretty intense coincidence if, mm-hmm. if that's what it is. And that, so I mean, like, I was like, man, you know, I don't know if I'm sold, but I'm, I'm nudged. I'm nudged by uh, Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was sold because she had said two L's and then she was like exa- going on and was saying, oh yeah, Lindsay and Lee. And mm-hmm. Lindsay's my sister, Leah is my mom, but my, my grandparents call her, call my mom Lee. So I bought into it, but you know, it's, it, it's just one of the things they said at some point, who knows, cause I talk all the time, but I, I like to do, and I think you do too, is sort of go quickly and deeply with somebody it, it, as a, in a friendship or in a dating situation. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want to know your trauma immediately. Um, and then we can be bonded. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do feel like there's a piece of me that does. Well, I mean, well, I think my thought process for that type of interaction is like, you know, it's almost like improv. It's like in, in an improv scene, if you waste time with like, hello, my name is this, blah, 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 blah. So like every scene is going to begin with like a getting to know you moment where you figure out right. like just like the sort of surface level stuff. And it's so much more interesting to skip that stuff. Assume you're going to figure that stuff out as you perform exactly and then just dive into the good stuff and so it's like if i talk to somebody and they seem to be like i don't know this is a bizarre um experience i had but it was, it was nice i would say there's a, a woman that i was like at, at the theater that i per, uh, perform and teach at the brooklyn comedy collective here in new york plug, and a woman close um but there's a woman who was sort of having a rough time and i didn't know her but she was i could, I could sense that she was having a rough time and she was sort of talking to somebody and then, then that person left and I was just like, hey, are, I know we don't know each other. Are, right. are you okay? Are you doing all right? And she had talked that she was like kind of going through a breakup, she thought, with, with her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know you don't know me. Um, I don't really know anybody here. If you want, we can go grab a beer and you can talk to a complete stranger about it. And I'm down to listen because I have felt so useless here. Like I feel like mm-hmm. I haven't been able to be this person for anybody. And I'm, I'm happy to offer. Uh, it, it, would, it, would, it would be good for me it would make me feel good and it and hopefully it would be cathartic for you too and maybe i could just you know whatever she's like yeah that'd be really nice so we just sort of sat and talked about this stuff and we had like uh-huh. a really nice like maybe hour-long conversation over a beer just like kind of like pouring her out to this stranger which is me you mm-hmm. know but i th- th- that's the stuff that's interesting to me the stuff that sort of like makes us human the stuff that like provokes emotion in us this you know like the the surface level stuff is is not as intriguing to me, but you figure that stuff out. Like, I don't, I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what this person's like, you know, how many siblings they have or whatever, but like, I do know yeah. about like a, an intense relationship they had. And it was, I don't know, I, it's nice to be able to helpful to somebody. And I, I yeah. that's when I first moved here, I felt very unhelpful. I felt like everybody was opening the doors for me. Everybody was being so welcoming, but I'm so much more comfortable being the one who is welcoming and the person who is opening the right. doors right. that I was like, Oh, I need, I need to, upset this balance somehow because i feel no. like i've been taking advantage of people's kindness which i have not been they're happy to offer it right but i also was like i need to counterbalance this i need to be someone's rock for a second <laughs> <laughs> i think that you can be someone's rock as often as you can allow someone to be yours i think that is important a couple of weeks ago i was at a bar with my friend kyle and we randomly ran into like this girl and her gay best friend and it looks like he was sort of talking to somebody he wasn't into and she was like sort of lost in the scuffle i was like I- i'm gonna go ahead and just insert myself into this and and 
my friend Kyle, we, we, we both like that sort of thing. So we're like, hey girl, what's, 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 what's the tea? What's going on here? Yeah. And she was like, okay, here's what's going on. And it was just, we went right in and then we like got her friend I back. We hung out, we exchanged numbers. We're hanging out next weekend. And, and I never do that kind of thing, but I just love the thing of like, you're in trouble and we made eyes. And I, I feel like I've been in other situations where it's like, I'm the one who's in trouble and I've made eyes and, and, and it hadn't been reciprocated in like the help me of it all. It's nice to do. It's, it's, it's nice to do. And uh, it makes me think of this other thing, which has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But Molly Jones and I have this mini game that we play that we don't even mean to play. The universe has chosen the game for us, which is we find <laughs> we find someone's ID or credit card and we we must return it to the person. We must find the person and get it back. Yes. You know, this is something that, because uh, I've been uh, um, doing meditation for the first time in my life. I've never really done meditation before. Do you ever do meditation stuff? I'll, I'll get to it after you. Okay, cool. So I've got this app, Healthy Minds, which is, uh, you know, it's a free app and it's guided meditation. And like when I'm walking to work, you know, it's like maybe I'll have like 20 minutes, I'll just pop in my headphones and like walk and sort of do a, an active meditation they call it. And right now, what they're focusing on is this idea of being compassionate with everybody around you and like caring about everybody around you. I don't know, as I talk to this woman, I'm going to go on the garden path here a little bit. As I tell oh, this go story, for it, yeah. there's a woman that I was talking with recently who I could just tell that she had a real sour view of humanity, that she was sort of like, like, oh, gosh, everybody sucks. And I was like, you know, that's that's not been my experience. I, I don't think everybody sucks. She's like, yeah, well, you're not meeting the right people or whatever. I'm like, OK, maybe you're not. But um <laughs> But, I, but I, you know, I was thinking about it because in New York, it's it's so crowded and there's so many people. And you'd think that like the instinct would be that people would need to uh, bond together and like, hey, we all, we're we're so we're in this so deeply, so tightly. We're going to have to work together in order to make this city function, because if we don't mm -hmm. work together, it's going to fall apart. And what I find happens more often than not is that folks sort of turn inwards. Like, I absolutely have to take care of myself because there's so many people. If I don't like really carve out my space in this room, uh, there's no one's going to make space for me. And it, it happens both ways. Sometimes people do sort of like open, you know, the, themselves up to help others. But like, I, generally, I find that there's a little bit of like sort of jostling for position that happens here more just because of the sake of like the amount of people here and the amount mm -hmm. of space that, and, and opportunities that are around for it. But that being said, this podcast that I listened to, the, not podcast, the uh, uh, app, the uh, uh, meditation app, they were, they, they've got like little lessons and they were talking about how they, they, they did this social experiment, not them, but a scientist basically. Uh, where they threw out wallets all over the city of New York. They threw out wallets with like a hundred bucks in cash and an ID um, throughout, just like spread them out throughout the city. And you want to take a crack, Tom, at, at how many of the wallets, what percentage of the wallets were returned? All of them. See, <laughs> so you, you undercut the uh, impressiveness of my stat by, by choosing the most impressive stat. <laughs> the answer is 70% is what they said. Wow. Um, and I thought that was, yeah, it's not as impressive as a hundred though. <laughs> no, but it's still impressive. At, it's impressive at all that anybody would do it. You know, it's I know. because it's sort of victim, not victimless crime, but there's. No one the, would know. Nobody would know. Yeah. Like there's no accountability, but like you and Molly, like having this like instinct is so great. And it's just like a, just a, a beautiful symptom of the goodness of humanity. It's so good. I love this game that you play. And it is an interesting, it's an interesting thing. Molly's very, very good at it. Um, mm -hmm. but I remember one time I had, I was just walking downtown and I saw a wallet, like a lady's wallet on the, uh, ground. And I don't know what about it. 
usually if you see that you're kind of like oh well, they'll be back or let me get it and I'll try to find a way to get back to them but something mm -hmm. about it I was like let me just grab this and just stand here let me and, and Guard I feel it. like maybe they'll come back so I waited for a while and there were lots of people that had come by in the meantime and I didn't open it I didn't look at the ID or anything like that because I was just like someone will be back so I saw this woman like leave this building and she was like frantically looking all around and I was like, oh, did you drop your wallet? And she goes, you stole my wallet? And I said, no, did you drop your wallet? And she's like, no, I didn't drop <laughs> Excuse it. Excuse me, stole it. I, stole, I stole your wallet. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, no, I, I, I thought maybe this was your car and that it fell out of there. So I've just been standing here for like 20 minutes. And she was like, all right, I'm calling the police because you tried to steal my wallet. And I was like, and then I had to be like, okay, bitch, here's your wallet. I had found it on the ground and it was like yeah. raining. So I was like, go ahead and enjoy your visit, ma'am. Because and she was also like 24. So I called her ma'am and she had come out of a hotel. So, you know, I, things can turn as evil as quickly as they can turn nice. I mean, Tom, I got a story for you right now. So Devin and I went to Mardi Gras. I saw that New picture Orleans. was adorable. Yes. So I don't know if you've ever, have you ever been to New Orleans before? Oh, Tom, mm -hmm. it's a hell of a city. I, I know and I want to go so bad. It's it's probably my favorite city to visit in the United States of America. And I, I generally prefer it when it's not Mardi Gras. But Devin loves a party. And so of I was course. like, all right, Devin, for your for your birthday, uh, for Christmas, I'm sorry, my present to you is I'm going to get us uh, flights to New Orleans and we're going to go during Mardi Gras because that's going to be, she's never been as an adult. <sighs> so we, we went and we met, uh, you know, drunkenly, as everybody does in Mardi Gras, True. Uh, met this this couple it's one guy uh, from LA who was probably about our age, maybe a little bit younger. And then uh, his his newly minted bride who had just uh, flown in from Ecuador and she did not speak any English. Now, I, I don't, th I think this was like they had met, they, I think, that they, I mean, he spoke Spanish. It was not like a like a, uh, anything untoward as far as this like, right. you know, relationship as far as I know. But um, she was very drunk, did not speak any English. And he was very drunk and not really doing a whole lot to like include her in the conversation. So I, I had my Google uh, Translate app and I was like, you know, oh, no. drunk and like, like, welcome to America. We're so happy to have you, you know. And the reason we connected initially is because the guy was like, hey, does anybody have a cord for a, a phone charger? Like uh, our phone, our, our phones are dead. And Devin had brought a little battery pack with a cord. I was like, hey, we'll do you one Listen. better. Here's a little plug. Plug this into your phone. We'll hold on to the battery pack. And uh we'll charge your phone right here. You just hang out with us for a little bit. We'll get your phone to charge. And so we're sitting there chatting with them, having a good time. We exchanged phone numbers. I, uh, we invited them to New York. And oh, then, yeah. um, then the lady falls down because she's like a little too drunk, you know? Sure. And, uh, and Devin uh, springs into action and she goes to the bar to get us another round of beers and uh, water for the woman. And so while she's gone, this guy is like, where's my phone? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Did you drop it or something like that? Like, I don't know. And he's like, you stole my phone. I'm like, did not steal your phone, dude. Like we were just talking and we were friends and I just texted you my phone number. So if I stole your phone, that's a pretty bold maneuver. And I'm not <laughs> going anywhere. Like I'm like, here's my backpack. Look through my backpack. I don't have your phone. And we were on a balcony. I think maybe he dropped it, but I, I don't know what happened to his phone, but he accused me hard. And eventually he started like jostling me a little bit and like kind of shoving me. And Devin comes back and she sees me shoving this guy off of me because he was being so aggressive with me and she's like ding 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 something is wrong here right right and he sees his little uh his 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 wife uh just like and she's very short she's like four foot seven inches tall and she's like giving me the middle finger right in my face because she thinks that i stole this phone oh my I, god 
absolutely did not steal his phone. And how how dare they? We did nothing but kind things to them. We like offered them like the phone charge, everything like that. You know, like he's waiting on the corner in the rain with this woman's wallet. But anyways, this guy, he sees Devin and then thinks that Devin must have his phone. So he starts charging her inside because they were on the bus. He's running inside the bar. And so I have to grab him and throw him off of her. And it's like the, the most intense. Uh, I, I'm not a fighter, you know, so it's like the no. most intense physical altercation I've ever been in as an adult, I think. And uh, then all of a sudden, of course, you know, the bouncers swarm us and pull us apart. And they're like, what's happening here? And like everybody around sort of like saw what happened. They're like, oh, we don't know. I'm like, this guy thinks I, this guy thinks I stole his phone. You can search me. Like, here's my backpack. Right. Pat me down. I do not have this guy's phone. We were friends five minutes ago. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but I, but I, you know, and then we left and then Devin, like the bouncer sort of escorted us out and not, not in a bad way, but they're just like, right. hey, I think it's probably best we go. We're like, okay, sure. No problem. Uh, so we step outside and then Devin starts like she like burst into tears because she was like mm-hmm. just so the, the uh, emotional uh right. overwhelmed from the experience and the bouncer like hugs her. <laughs> so, Devin's like, How are you doing? I'm like, honestly, I'm doing great. Like, I just got into a fight. I got into a fight that I was completely ethically justified in and no one got hurt. That's like the best kind of fight I can imagine. <laughs> I was so jazzed. That's the Andy junkiest fight I've ever heard. How it goes, man. You, yeah, you, you offer someone a phone charger. They accuse you of something you didn't do. And then two people scuffle and no one gets hurt. I hope that you like texted them and were like, I hope you found your oh. phone, bitch. I will read you the text that I sent to him. It was, it's like the most passive aggressive text you could yeah. ever imagine. Or maybe it's, maybe it's actually aggressive. I don't know. Oh God, this is embarrassing to read. To be fair, this is partially for Devin because Devin was so like uh, distraught by this. I was like, Devin, we'll, we'll write whatever you want to say. She's like, yeah, throw this in there too. I'm like, okay. I love that. So I wrote, a dual crafting. Yeah, I wrote, I hope you have the courage and the decency to apologize tomorrow. We offered you a charge and you accused of a theft with no evidence. Devin is in tears after bringing a beer for you and water. Your aggression ruined our night. All we wanted to do was help out. <laughs> No response appropriately. No response. Perfect. And it also didn't ruin our night. We were okay after about. Yeah, five. yeah, yeah. We got to guilt them. We gotta guilt them. <laughs> Had to guilt them. Yeah, I don't think there was too much passive with that aggression. <laughs> yeah, no, it was pretty direct. Now I realize it wasn't like a, a, a boy, I sure hope you're okay. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but also happy to hear it. I mean, I, as far as I'm concerned, what's done is done. I'm never going to see those people again in my life. And now I got a fun story out of it. So, I know. and a Watch, phone number. And a phone number. <laughs> yeah. You should um, sign them up for like voting on American Idol or something. Oh, that's a good idea. Just, that, that would be passive aggressive. There we go. Yeah. Sign them up for, like, that's uh, passive aggressive. Moveon.org or something like that. So, just 10 <laughs> texts a day. Oh, or the Trump campaign. They text a lot. Oh, yes. I mean, honestly, based on their behavior and their willingness to accuse oh, a stranger yeah. who's doing nothing but kindness, they're probably already Trump supporters. Okay, then give them Biden's. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Now we're going to piss them off. <laughs> Sleepy Joe. <laughs> oh, God. Sleepy Joe. All right. So I want to hear some stories from you, sir, because I know that okay. you and I, we've shared a lot of our stories, I think. But I want to hear some. I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear something. What you got okay. for me? Let's see here. So let's 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 talk. Um, let's talk bad date. You you probably heard this one. Actually, I think you were there when I got this person's phone number. Um, we were. I think we we're at Yoke. I think it was yep. you. Yes. The, yep. You, me, Asher. I think maybe Zach Zimmerman too. I don't remember. But it was a a, a quartet of us were having brunch, and then the woman 
who was serving us sort of like complimented my smile in a way that I was like, oh, okay, uh, all right. I didn't know what to do. And you all, you all were like, you have to give her your phone number. You have to give her your oh, phone yeah. number. And I didn't have the courage to do that. So I wrote down, my name is Andy Junk. I'm on Facebook. And I slid that to her, which is like, oh, so bad. But no, anyways, no, no, it's so, very modern. It's very modern. People give their ads now. Well, it was modern, but not probably not when I, when I was doing it, it was, it was very modern because I think back when I was doing it, Facebook was still like a relevant app. But um, <laughs> so we started texting back and forth or, you know, Facebook messaging back and forth. And I asked her out on a date and she told me that she was a, a, a fire hooper. Uh, she's a hula hooper. Who, who lights your hoop on fire, which I'm like, oh, you know, that sounds fun. You know, like I'm a performer myself, like I, I'm down for a circus, a circus goof. And, um, and so she invites me to see one of her shows. And I think like, I don't know, have you ever invited a, a date to see you perform improv? No, never. Yeah. I mean, like I, I've, I've had dates, I've had girlfriends come see me. Right. Improv, and I've certainly like had people have dating, maybe come swing by a show, but it's never been a first date, certainly. But she invited me on this first date to go see uh, her. Uh, and these, this is what it was called. It was a, a, a gypsy fire hooping circus. And I know that that's like a, a, a not a good way to refer to the Roma people, but that's what the, the group was called. That is what they called it. And it's also that name and that that entity in general is such a Chicago thing. Yes, yes. So this fire hooping circus. So it was at this bar in Logan Square. It was Logan was Square. Like, I was about to say, was it in Logan yes. Square? It was like a heavy, heavy metal bar, like where they sold earplugs at the bar. And a friend, I, I made a friend come with me because I was like, I'm going to be sitting there by myself in this bar. She's going to be surrounded by all of her friends. And I'm going to be like watching this show that, I, you know, I don't know, like it's like a first date. I'd rather, I'd rather have a friend there for moral support. Right. And so he, my buddy came over and we like, were like watching uh, music videos before it was time to head over there. We were watching uh, this group, Die Antwoord, which is like this uh, South African rap duo that's like they're really <laughs> goofy and they have these crazy music videos but they're awesome but anyways you know that, that that's relevant and i'll tell you why so we went to uh this bar and we are the only people at, at the bar who are wearing any color at all it's everybody is strictly black it is very goth and very like intense and and you know uh, there's like a, a a metal band that's playing on the stage and it's like just straight up screamo like intense stuff and I'm like, um, you know what, this is, this is funny. This is not my scene, but it's an interesting experience. And at least I got my buddy here with me. And as long as my mm -hmm. buddy's here with me, I'll be okay. My buddy's like, okay, I'm gonna go grab a cigarette real fast. I'm like, well, I'll join you outside. And so we're outside and we look across the street and um, Diane Word, the South African rap duo is playing a show at the Congress Theater across the street from the bar that we're at. Shut up. And so my buddy's like, Andy, I got to go to this show. I've got to go. I'm like, Yes, you do. I wish I could go too, but I told this lady I was going to meet her on the date. So you should absolutely go. And so he 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 left. So now I'm by myself. She is an hour and a half late for the date. When she arrives, she is with her full uh her full you know squad, probably about like a dozen folks who are all like kind of dressed in very like Burning Man outfits, um, yes. face painted and everything like that. And they all like sort of swarm the bar, and the bartender's like y'all don't have a show tonight there is no show tonight <laughs> no 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 they're like they're like yes we do we have a show they're like you do not have a show there's a band on the stage right now if you want to you can set up some chairs in the parking lot <laughs> and so so we go out to the parking lot and you know i think i maybe said hello to her but that was all the conversation that we had sure um and then uh and then so then the show starts and she hula hoops and she hula hoops very very well 
and she lights her hula hoop on fire and ooh, what a what a spectacle that was and everybody else was just sort of okay there was like a juggler there was a guy with a sword that was on fire and the guy with the sword wasn't really doing any tricks it was, i think the, the cool thing was that he was holding a sword that was on fire just sort of waving it back and forth mm. like he was swatting a fly or something um and so then after the show is done i'm like okay that was that was interesting and uh, uh, Dizzy Delilah, as she was uh, named, oh, that's right. <laughs> yes, came and sat next to me, and she and I was like, "That's very, that was very cool what you did. Like, how did you, how did you like fall fall into this like lifestyle and this thing?" And and she kind of held her hand up to my face and went, "You know, fire hoops, fire hooping is actually a very personal experience." And I was like, "Okay, so there's a, a type of conversation that is completely shut the fuck down." <laughs> <laughs> thing that i know about you the thing that we just shared uh is now off limits i guess i could talk to you about yoke i don't know and then so then then the rest of the time we're talking i get the distinct impression that she thinks that she is freaking me out she keeps on saying things like boy i bet you never saw anything like this before or like i bet you i bet you your friends aren't this wacky you know oh, and i'm like boy and, I, and i'm just like really feeling turned off by that because i'm like you know what i i have weird friends like they, they're not like necessarily this specific kind of weird but I've got a lot of friends who aren't like just living that classic, you know, white picket fence lifestyle. Right. And uh, I myself am like, you know, an artist and like, you know, uh, right. I don't know. I, I got just so turned off by it all. And anyways, that that's the that's the last that I heard of Dizzy Delilah. So it's just a I don't know if that's a great story, but it's a true story. So there you go. No, <laughs> I, I love that. I love so much about that. And I also love that. I remember you telling me this before about her being like, isn't this wild? Like, isn't this crazy? You know, I think what, what really ticked me off about it was like the the judgment of me based on how I look, because I look I look very white bread, boring guy. But I like to think of myself as like, you know, like that I, I would never I would never look at somebody and just assume that they are like uh completely boring just based on their looks like that's that's so judgmental and shitty no i mean i think that you you have to you know walk a mile in someone else's flaming hula hoop and <laughs> yes yes she should have extended that courtesy to you she should have given me the hoop honestly if she would have given me the hoop it would have been fine just for 10 minutes i just wanted to try i just love that she's like let let me invite you to my flaming hula hoop show as our first date and then also judge you for it <laughs> i know i'm like i came to this thing. And, and, and to be fair it was not my scene like it was not like the kind no, of thing no. that i hang out at but like i've been places that are crazier than that that bar you know like i've been at parties i've seen shows that were more experimental and like I, i'm not like a square you know <laughs> no no and i think that you know most people go through life without seeing a live flaming hula hoop show I mean, just do it once, once while you're on a date. I'm good. I've got, I've got friends now that I've made who do, who do flaming hula hoop shows who are, who are very nice and welcoming. <laughs> Is it deeply personal to them too? Uh, you know, to be fair, I haven't talked to them about it. I just, they're, they're friends of mine that I, I know from the acting scene in Chicago that have like pursued that. And I see it on Instagram from now on, but I've run into them and I've talked to them about their lives. They seem to be having a good time. Well, maybe there is you know hey if anybody listening is a part of the the hooping community please let yes. us know if it is that personal of a thing do you have like an email address that people can write into and, and ask questions or, or uh or give their hula hooping experiences to so yes that's a thank you for that question so yes i have my, my regular email address right now which is just tom gone t-h-o-m-g-a-u-g-h-a-n at gmail and then mm -hmm. also on spotify there's a section where they somebody can submit questions 
Oh, I did not yeah. know that. Well, that's that's good. That's and good. on Twitter, so all of my ads are romcom Tom. But I have been collecting uh, advice questions from Twitter a little bit, uh, also mm -hmm. different websites. So I'm trying to get them submitted more directly to me. I'm only getting very few that are actually directed to me. So I'm looking up others. I don't want to dive into a few if that's okay. Yes, let's dive. Okay. <clears throat> so have you done, you haven't really done the dating profile thing, have you much? I, I did a little bit, uh, post, post divorce, because I, I am a divorce, uh, but yeah. uh, uh, but after that, I, I did do Tinder for a little bit, and I did OkCupid for a little itty bitty bit too. So I did have to create a profile at one point. Hmm. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm literally I've been working all day right before this. Um, you look great, Tom. Huh? Oh yeah, I know that by, wasn't the point. How beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss um, you, Tom. I miss you too. Oh, okay. So how about how about this? When. When does a relationship become exclusive? Oh, that's a great question. I feel like I I have, um, like with Devin, we were long distance for a very long time. So in my experience, I think my experience is like when one person wants it to be exclusive and the other person is okay with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like it's, if, if both people want to be exclusive, that's ideal. But sometimes like one person is ready for that before the other. And the other one is very resistant to it, does not want to be exclusive. And then you have a problem. Right. But if one person's like, I want to be exclusive, the other one's like, yeah, that's fine. Then you become exclusive. And that, I, as far as like what determines when you want to, that's, uh, that's a deeper question, I suppose. Like, I don't know. I, I think my sense would be when, when, the, uh, when the safety and security and comfort that you get from being with the person that you're with outweighs the excitement and drive to want mm -hmm. to try new things all the time. Okay. Like when, when, like when, you, when you, when you can make that investment in somebody and really find that new level of intimacy with them, that, that is, that's great. That's a pro, but you do have to give up that sort of like wild new experience. If you are living in a, uh, you know, monogamous relationship. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so I don't know. So, so for me, that's sort of, I think when, when I decide, when it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'd love to sleep with a, a new sexy person every single night, but ultimately I'm willing to give that up because I get something different and, and, and more uh, satisfying for me in this exclusive relationship. And do you, how long in your estimation or from your experience, how long does that usually take? You know, I, I think it's like more like, like my, my instinct is to say that it's like, like two months or mm -hmm. three months. But I also feel like it's how many hours you spend with the person almost, you know? Yeah, like that's a good it's, point. It's, it's not like, because, you know, if you see somebody once or, you, you know, if you talk to them like once a week, I know people have been like sort of like dating somebody for like six months because they right. chat every once in a while and they, you know, visit every once in a while. And I know some people who like go exclusive after like two weeks because they, they have like, you know, they met at summer camp and they spent <laughs> a week and a half together and then they yes, came home true. and it, it still works. So I think it's just, I think it's like time spent together more than it's even time spent like in, in the universe's time, you know? Okay. So, okay. I, I, so I'm always a big fan of that. I, I have a hard time with like blanket rules of like three months or two yeah. months. So I do like that thing of sort of depending on how much time you spent together, because if you do spend, I have been in sort of those whirlwind relationships where it's like you're on four dates in one week, like when you just yeah. meet and not that that always turns out, but it's it feel you feel closer sooner 
Um, yeah, yeah, and it's tough too because some sometimes relationships, like some some relationships, are just built for that first stage. Sometimes you have like the best first stage ever, and it is a wonderful, like fulfilling, beautiful first stage of a relationship. And then it doesn't really have legs beyond that. And it's like, okay, well, was that a failure? Like, I wouldn't call it a failure. You got to have that really wonderful first stage, but like, it doesn't have the longevity. It doesn't have that second stage or third stage sort of style for it. Mm -hmm. You know? Did you ever have a relationship that was gearing towards that exclusive point and then fell apart? I guess this is sort of an interesting little thing, but I I told you uh, about the the woman that I dated while before I started dating Devin, I was mm-hmm. dating a woman who was moving to uh, New York uh, back when I was back in Chicago. And we're now friends, which is great. But she and I both were, had just sort of gone through a breakup. I was I was in the midst of the divorce, which, you know, ended amicably, to be fair. But like at yeah. the time, it was still really rough. And uh, so she and I just both sort of started dating. And we got closer and closer. But we knew the whole time that we were dating that we were going to break up after four months or something right. like that. And so like, at the time where we absolutely would have just like, you know, if, if we decided that we wanted to stay together and she was going to stay in the city and we were going to like make a go of it, we would have committed. That's like when it's like time for her to go, you know, bye. And that was sort of an interesting situation because I guess because of the communication, it wasn't that like shocking or depressing or anything like that. It was sort of like a, a sweet fond farewell. It was definitely a time where like, I think there was like one moment where like I went to, to Chile and then I like met a woman and, and we like made out and like goofed off. And then she, meanwhile, like uh, this woman that I was dating in Chicago had gone and like made out with a dude at her work. And we both kind of like, we hadn't discussed whether or not we were allowed to do that. Right. Or maybe we had, but we like, but enough time had passed that it sort of felt like, Ooh, I don't know if I crossed the line or if I messed something up. Um, even though like the rules that we had established was like, we were allowed to do that. And then we talked about it and it was totally fine, but it was like a little moment like, Ooh, like, I don't know. Like, would, it, would, it, would that hurt that person's feelings? I didn't even consider that at the moment because it wasn't breaking any rules right. that we had set up, you know? That's interesting. Did yeah. you guys tell each other about your dalliances? Yes, we both did. And it, we, we were both like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, we're fine. Like, I think that like we were both mature and and, and recognized that no one had done anything actually wrong. Yeah, like yeah. Being yeah, extra yeah. sensitive for each other's feelings. And when it was time for her to go, do you, did you feel like it was that easy of a, like a, shut off it was very sad i mean it was sad because it was at at worst case scenario it was like a very good friend that i had made who i was saying goodbye to like somebody Mm -hmm. who had become very important to me in a a short amount of time and somebody who would like while i was going through a really rough period was um really there for me and i I think that i was the same for her and um so that was tough just to say goodbye to a friend i remember like crying and being sad and being sort of like melancholy goodbye um but to be fair like you know she called me like maybe um, two or three months after she had moved back to or moved moved to New York and she was calling me she was like hey I just want to give you a heads up I, I think I'm getting back together with like this guy that she had broken up with before and based on our conversations I was like that's great I'm yeah. so happy for you and I felt it completely I was like that's that's great like I was I was I was like I was glad for it so I don't know I don't know if that's a fluke like that it really was like that that the honesty that we had the entire duration of that sort of like interesting relationship allowed us to even even if you did feel those feelings of sort of like sadness or like wistfulness like none none of it was like judged or like i don't know like no no one was doing anything to the other person we were like just communicating very honestly and to be fair after that like 
just sort of like fun, goofy four month relationship. I'm like, well, I'm never going back. Like I'm going to be completely honest with the people that I'm with. Like it is so refreshing and wonderful. to Just like be completely yourself and completely honest about what your needs are and what you want. Like, and if like, you know, if Devin does something that bothers me, like I will let her know in a way that like, isn't like hurtful or, or cruel and vice versa. Like if I ever annoy her, she'll tell me. And we both kind of know that like, we're not saying these things to be mean. We're saying these things because like we have a need that we need to get filled. And uh, if we're not honest about that, like we can't, we can't get that stuff fixed. And so we just, I don't know, it was a very educational relationship that I had with, with my old buddy. And then it's great to be able to carry that lesson into my relationship with Devin. Yeah. Do you think that just hearing that from this point, from, you know, where I sit and knowing you, do you think that that comes because I, I consider you to be a very emotionally intelligent person and I think you're oh, self-aware. You. <laughs> you have to think that too, though. I mean, you, you uh, my sort therapist of, did tell me that one time. So <laughs> I feel like you understand what you're feeling and allow yourself to feel what you need to. And you, you know, you're sort of letting things go while monitoring it. Meanwhile, I keep everything locked in a chest tight underneath the two L's <laughs> of my heart. Um, <laughs> but it, it feels like that sort of thing where you could be like, hey, here's where I am. Here's where you are. Let's make this pact and move forward. And no one gets hurt. And you end up saying friends. And that that comes from a certain amount of emotional honesty. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. Because I think it's possible. It's possible that one of us could have changed the rules at any point. You know, like right. one of us could have been like, hey, I actually feel like way too serious about this. I think that I, I need this to be what this is, you know. And, uh, you know, if she had been the person to do that, I don't know what I would have done in that scenario because I was sort of like, oh, I don't know what the rules are. This is very easy because I know what the rules are and like we're being open and honest with that. But like, I certainly wouldn't want to be in that relationship if if uh, if somebody were not getting what they needed from it, like that wouldn't feel right. right. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm answering your question. I feel like I lost track of my train of thought there. Just sort of, No, you know, no, that was that. I'm good with that because, you know, there's. I think I have like a false sense of what a relationship should be. And then also a, a false sense of what dating within my community is. Um, yeah. So I saw this tweet recently that said in, in straight relationships, it's how many dates until sex. And in a gay relationship, it's how many times do you sex before you go on a date? Yeah. And I think that is very true and I think I've allowed it to be true for a long time not that I'm like honing it out left and right but it's like I think that in my brain it's like if you're going to have an attraction to me it probably has to be a sexual attraction first mm -hmm. you know and I don't think that I scream I don't think this screams sexual entity so it's not what I'm leading with I'm leading with a, a Gilmore Girls quote um, so, <laughs> but I think that's perfectly fine that's who you are. I mean, I mean, that's I, I, I think that you are a, a sexy guy, and I think that there are people who uh, will recognize that and should recognize that. But I do feel like who you are is is apparent. Like when somebody meets you, I think that they they recognize like the kindness and the funniness and the and the intelligence and and all the things that I think that you are proud of of yourself. Yeah. I think that they they see. I don't know. Like I've got, a, I've got a lot of friends of various uh, gender identities and various sexual orientations, and like, no one follows any of the rules set up by their like communities to a T, you know. And but it is tough because like if you're somebody who's operating outside of that sort of like norm for your community, you know, if if you're not like 
I don't know, like 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 one of those dudes who's like uh, crushing bussy on Grinder or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, found the name of the episode. Yeah, right. Yeah, but you do you 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 have to find other people who are also willing to sort of like not follow that path, and it's a vulnerable, scary thing to be off the path, you know. Yeah. But I'd hope it would be rewarding because, like, God, Tom, somebody who gets to lock you in is going to be a lucky duck. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> there's, I don't know, there's that thing of, um, I was watching an interview. This has all just been swirling around in my head recently, but I was watching an interview with Martin Short and Steve Martin mm -hmm. on Fallon. And just thinking, I was like, Martin Short does not he's not a sexual entity to me it's like who's yeah so i'm wondering if that affects certain things like if you are portraying yourself as a personality more than maybe a well-rounded figure i always have been leading with personality versus like how do i how do i find ways to build up the levels that maybe aren't quite hot as high as they should be uh like is my sexy level high enough is my you know physical whatever level high enough because i know personality we, we we've been you know we never miss personality day at the emotion yes. at the personality gym you know <laughs> um, personality day. so i don't know i feel like it, it's important to be well balanced but I, I think i'm realizing that really late i i think i think people are going to catch up i feel like uh I, I i don't know i i i would never advise you to be anything but yourself because i think who you are is really great so i i, I don't know if, if you want to get ripped for your own sake, then I'd say go for it. But someone's going to love you for just who you are. Cause that's, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, here's one um, that's interesting. So let's say that you, okay. So I'll ask the question and then give it some parameters. So how do you ask for the sex that you want? So if there's something that you maybe want to try with a partner that, you haven't been able to express or or something like that do you how do you go about doing that and if you don't have an answer i can try first i i i have a a, a thing that i used one time that it was sort of like a like an online quiz that each person who is uh in the relationship takes it you can probably google it and find it but essentially it's like a list of like different things that people may or may want to explore and you can click like either I'm interested in this, I'm willing to try it or I'm not interested in this, you know? Right. And so like essentially each person, not, not anonymously, like, you know, you know who the person is, but they fill out what they want and then they get a list of stuff like, Hey, this is all the stuff that you're all, you're both willing to try, you know? Wow. So it's like, if, if you're both willing to try it, then like, you know, that you're, you're dealing with two people who are interested in this particular, you know, uh, uh, realm of, of sexual exploration and so like you don't have to worry about like being embarrassed because you know that other person said okay to it already and so right. i thought that, that was really great because i honestly i don't know how to do it outside of like a really controlled environment like that because it can be such a scary thing to be like yeah you know i'm kind of into like i don't know like dom sub relationships or something like that or anything mm -hmm. that's outside of really traditional you know uh vanilla sort of sex life stuff is like so scary to but also i feel like there's like all these websites, like the field is this new app. I don't know if you heard about field. No. Maybe it's a New York thing. I don't know. I got some friends who were on it and it's sort of a more like sex positive 
uh, uh, app for um, for dating. And so people who like want to have a threesome or people who want to, you know, uh, experiment with like, I don't know, like breath play or I don't, I, I don't, I don't, oh, really interesting. Know, I, don't enough, I don't know enough kinks to list a bunch, but, um, but yeah, like you can like kind of mess around with that stuff. And there's like other websites too. I know that like sort of cater that stuff, but I, I feel like let's lean on technology. Like it's, it's tricky for us to connect enough. At, at, let's, let's use technology for good whenever we possibly can. Right. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think that's, I think maybe, so Grinder is our sex positive yes. app. And there's something recently that I've been uh, exposed to, which is called Sniffies. And Sniffies? Yeah. For gays, you probably already know what it is. For the straights, buckle up. It's <laughs> it's um, essentially a map. Have you ever done Padmapper? Do you know that website? Yes, yes, yes. So you're looking for, for houses and it basically just will like have a bunch of arrows around being like, once you refine your search, here's the apartments that might be right for you on this map. So it's that, but people and the pictures are like, you can lead with a dick pic. Like your profile yeah. picture is a dick pic. In the profile, there's no room for, hey, you know, I work in HR and I do this. It's basically just um, verse. I am on prep. I'm looking for this. And it's it's all that. And I haven't used it, but I love that idea so much because I, if I, when I'm on Grinder or trying to talk to somebody, it's like, I want to kind of know what I'm getting to. I'd love to just give you my resume, let you read that and see if you're into it, yeah. I'll read yours, and then let's proceed. That I feel very comfortable with, but I know that that is not what usually happens because people like to have conversations and explore that, discover it. Some people do, but some people don't, you know, I feel like the gay community is just knocking it out of the park in terms of just like being efficient and getting their sexual satisfied, their sexual desire satisfied. They just like really fucking get like, there's just, I, I, I admire that so much. I feel like it's like so efficient and like uh, just great. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not a part of that community. So I admire it from afar, but it's very cool. How just yeah, like they open, I agree. Yeah. It's, it is nice to have that openness and, and that that sex positivity, but it's sort of taken an interesting turn. And mm -hmm. um, this app is called F-E-E-L-D. And it's- Oh, I think that's seems, the one I'm thinking about. Yeah. Field is a dating app for those who are curious, for those open to experiencing people and relationships in a new way. Um, oh, so it's for, oh, yeah, it's kind of for- just sort of, you can explore whatever. It's literally like, uh, Field was created by two people inspired uh, each other to change the world. Demo and Anna had been together for two years when Anna uneasily admitted that she had also had feelings for a woman uh, and settled that something so human could provoke fear and confusion. Demo created Field, a space where people like him and Anna could meet like-minded people. So you're kind of just saying like, here's something I think I'm interested in. I, I that's, I've learned more about field in that little blurb that you just read than I, I, I've taught you everything I know at this point, but it seems like an interesting. I think it's case. kind of cool. Cause it's like, you're kind of saying like, Hey, here's something I'm interested in, but maybe haven't done yet. And you might communicate catch with other people who are like, I'm also sort of curious about this or like, yeah. Hey, this or is like, super hey, my I'm really jam. good at guiding people through this. Yeah. 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 That I, I like, cause again, it's chatting about everything. I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm good virtually. I give good uh, virtual chat. Um, yes, yes, yes. But then in person, I'm all flushed and confused and scared. Which is probably why you have such a terrible chat podcast that I'm on right now, Tom. 
Very true. <laughs> very true. Very true. Um, but the thing with the 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 gays and being open about what they want sexually is that it's sort of taken a turn to where there's no there's now some more extreme things that are becoming normal that if you're not interested in it you're a prude for example uh, trigger warning for anyone listening but like fisting yeah. is really big right now and really i have no interest yeah i have no interest <laughs> that's so much that's such a big thing to put up such a small place <laughs> It's literally, I just can't get into it. I can't even, like, if it comes up, if I see an image or something of it, I can't even look at it. It's just not my thing. Yeah. And poop is becoming a thing. Boy, that's one that I, I really don't, uh, like, even the, the fisting stuff, I'm like, I'm like, okay, if you're into it, that's fine. The poop stuff, I'm like, oh, it's so stinky. It's so nasty like I, I i have just a, such a visceral reaction to it that i'm just like oh poop stuff is so gross not so into gross. It. i like, don't want to kink shame anybody but i really do just think it's repulsive which is i guess maybe it might be why some people are into it because it's so like just like objectively stinky and gross <laughs> like we're evolved to not like the smell of poop because it spreads disease that's like yeah. why it's stinky you could get pink eye and yeah you know there's it's messy and sheets and it's not my thing. I, I, I have read deep into it why it is some people's things and it's degradation yeah. and it's sub and it's sort of intern maybe externalizing some ways you feel about yourself internally. I, I can't begin to yeah. say I know it, but like I've literally chatted with folks who are like very normal, clean cut guys like yourself. And then it'll be like, oh, you know, you know, what kind of stuff are you looking to get into? And it'd be like, well, I really yeah. could use somebody to shit in my face. I was like, oh, okay. okay. Well, but I'm still like, I mean, as, as, as shocking as that is to hear, at least this person feels comfortable sharing with that. So they don't have this like un, exactly. uh, unrealized dream. And they're going to be with you always hoping that that could be something that they can get. And you're meanwhile, like, I'm really not into that, you know? But yeah, it, it is, is bizarre. Nice. It's almost like that, that that normal has shifted so far uh, in your in the gay community. You know that it's like like yeah, like like that sort of stuff is like it, when it's expected. That's bizarre, you know. But like mm -hmm. maybe it's not bizarre. I don't know. I'm I, I'm talking out of my my ass here a little bit. But well, can you shit out of your ass onto my face? Because I'd prefer that. I can shit in the <laughs> toilet. And if you want, I can mail it to you, and you can do whatever you want to with it. You know. If you can't, if you can't shit on my face in person, then you can't shit on my face via a parcel. There we go. You have standards. <laughs> I do. I'm a lady. <laughs> <laughs> so last bit, last little question for you. How did you know with Devin that you were developing love feelings? Let's see here. You know, as with, as with the, the, thing that I was talking about before like we, we were like him and I were very very honest with each other throughout the entirety of our relationship and we were long distance for two years before we uh lived in the same city in New York and now it's been or actually maybe even longer than two years now that I think about it because we were pre-pandemic we started dating so maybe we're coming up on like three and a half four years geez yeah. anyways I mean I I had known Devin for a very long time I knew her back in the comedy community and I always admired her and always thought she was like the funniest person in the world and also had a little bit of a crush on her, you know? Um, and I think that like, when I realized 
that she was not only um, as funny and, and beautiful as I as I could tell like immediately, but she was also like kind and like empathetic. And I think maybe the first couple times that we like had like disagreements, I remember having like getting into fights with Devin and even calling them fights feels like it's misleading because mm-hmm. like we, we, we would be discussing stuff and we'd be disagreeing and, 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 and really like stuff that we cared about a lot. And Devin would give me arguments for my side. She'd be <laughs> like, and you're probably, feel, you're probably upset about this because of this. And she'd like, tell me something like, like, yeah, I, I am upset because of that. And I didn't even say that. Like you just like did that work for me Intuitive, and made yeah. sure that I knew that I was like heard. And now I want to do the same thing to you. I want to make sure that you know that I hear your perspective. And like that like level of empathy was so meaningful to me that I was like, man, I know now whenever I have an issue with Devin that I can come to her and she will not make me feel bad for uh, talk, you know, asking her to, to adjust something or telling her I'm feeling bad about something. And I won't, and I'll do the same to her. Like, and, and because she has like set the standard of like, we are working on this together. Like we are a team, we are gonna solve these problems together. And it was so refreshing and beautiful that I was just like, damn, like, I love this lady. Like, that's, that's something I find so, so attractive. Wow. That just like wanting to like, the work, like not never us versus each other, always us versus the problem. If one of us is uncomfortable or, or doesn't like something, that, that's the problem. Let us face that problem together, as opposed to me trying to change you, or you trying to fight me or whatever. Wow. I, I, that, that's, what, that's what I was like, this person's like, you put on him. And that I think that comes from that emotional intelligence again, like that thing of like, I'm fully understanding the situation that we're in because I can remove myself from it and, and do like a th- three uh, Google earth and zoom out. Wow. Well, and then she, she like sort of was the one who like, cause I'll tell you if next time you're in a fight with somebody and things are getting heated, give them a, a, an argument, like tell them a thing that you think is probably making them mad about the situation. You're like, yeah, you probably feel this way because I did this and that might've made you feel that way. Like once you feel heard that way, it completely like changes the game, like how you're feeling, how you're attacking the problem. You don't need to win anymore. You know, it's like, it's, it's really, I mean, Devin, Devin taught me that hard and I, I'm really thankful for it. That is great. And I think that's, you're right. It's like, you're, you're giving, you're giving credit to the other person's stance in the disagreement you're not yeah. decrediting them you're saying you're feeling you're probably feeling this very valid thing and it you is sort of opening your feelings that, you know yeah yeah it is sort of opening that tunnel between like where you guys are and saying like yeah i i don't know i in my head it's like opening a tunnel where you guys are like holding hands in it while you're fighting you know where it's like yeah it's like you're fighting in the dark and then all of a sudden someone turns on the light and you're like oh my gosh oh the exit's right over there like yeah oh, here we go we've been like yeah. swinging grabbing for i don't know if i say swinging grabbing for knobs in the dark that doesn't sound like we're dealing with a fight but that's what i'm into sexually i like that better yes we're waiting for the tunnel we're, we see the tunnel we walk through the tunnel together yeah <laughs> oh, that's, that's beautiful so you're currently teaching at the brooklyn comedy collective i teach the final improv level at the brooklyn comedy collective Pardon. Right now. Pardon moi. yes yes it's great i love it i i, I really uh I, I, uh, it's one of the, the things that I feel like I really get a lot of satisfaction of is teaching folks how to do our goofy art form and prop. Well, I mean, you're very good. I've never seen you teach, but I've seen you perform and you are very good. And this episode will come out after Andrew Knox, but he talks a little bit about doing uh, Shakespeare at IO and, oh. um, which is a dream gig. It's one of the only paid 
gigs in the city for improvisers. Oh, I miss it. Well, come on back. It's still not up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, well, and if I may uh, mirror the compliment, Tom, you you were you always a pleasure to perform with. I admired you as a performer before I knew you as a person. And Andrew Knox got as well. Man, what a what a pro he is too. You guys are both so adorable. It's it's very. I have a very particular silhouette of what a straight man should be, and <laughs> there's so many of you male performers I've met who fit that. But there's so many of you who have broken my I, my vision of what it's supposed to be in the mm. most welcome and beautiful way. I, I, I'm not used to having straight male friends who are so kind, <laughs> which sounds I mean, weird to say. Look, look to the look to the women in their lives. You know, I mean, look at Catherine Knox or look at uh, Devin or, or my family, you know, my mom, my sisters and everything like that. I feel like that having a real strict training on, on, on uh, what it is to be like empathetic when you're young is really helpful yeah. or having a partner who will not stand for no bullshit. Not that Knox has any to dish out. Anything else that you would like to plug or put out there? Let's see here. I mean, honestly, Tom, uh, I want to plug my guest room. I want you to come out here and visit me. Talking to you right now is such a, I, I miss you so much. It is so nice to talk to you. I've been looking forward to this for that reason alone. Well, we can do this whenever you want, my friend. Are you realizing as you're doing this podcast that you're like, oh my gosh, I, I, I miss all my friends. I want to hang out with everybody more. Absolutely. And one one thing that I've also said on here, so it's I, in my head, if we haven't spoken in three years, we're still best friends. It's just, we've yeah. left off there. And it, 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 I know that's not everyone's expectations, but it's just, it's been this lovely exercise in, I don't know why I speak so much in like metaphor and similes I, I wonder what that because is. you're a poet tom uh yeah maybe but it, <laughs> in my mind it kind of feels like i've been looking at this long hallway for a really long time with all these closed doors and just like this is a big long haunted crazy mansion i don't know where to begin and now as i'm like opening each of these doors i'm like there's a friend behind every one of these doors <laughs> you I mean, that's what happens like when you, 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 you've earned the right to open those doors. You, you've built these friendships, you know? And it's so, it's like, I, I, I feel like you know, since I moved to New York, I, I occasionally will call folks on the phone and chat with them. And, and I'm, not, I'm so bad at it. But like listening to your podcast and talking to you right now, I'm like, all right, I got to start giving like all my long walks and give calls to my buddies and catch up. It's so nice to chat with you. It's so, well, it's always a pleasure to chat with you, but it, it is nice. And it's again, sort of reframing this scary mansion that I thought I was in is, is sort of something different now. Um, yeah. So that's why I would try to lead these with, I, there's stuff to learn. I want to learn stuff because I, I don't want to, I feel as though I am getting rigid in my, in certain things and I'm trying to push against that. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel that too. I get you. Yeah. So Jeff Murdoch is coming on the week after you and I think the week after that I'm going to do another solo one and I want to talk about mental health and stuff like that because it's sort of been touched on in a few past episodes but I had a what I call a dark day recently which is mm. a day that's it's hard to explain but at the end of work I usually get changed because I don't want to be in my work clothes anymore I work from home so after work I was changing my shirt and I was doing it so slowly and I was in my kitchen and I had like caught the clock right as I was getting started. And then I looked up and it had been 15 minutes and my shirt hadn't even been buttoned, buttoned a few 
buttons. Uh, and, yeah. and I thought it had been seconds. I, I had like lost time to something. Um, mm. I always rebound from that pretty quickly, which is nice, but I, you know, I want to, it's something to talk about because it affects a lot of my relationships too, you know? Yeah. I mean, God, I, I, I uh, since I moved to New York, have, have had serious, some serious depressive episodes, not serious, I should say, but like, definitely I've, I've, I've flirted with depression a bit here and there more than I ever have. And yeah. uh, I remember like you, you talking about one time, you're like, man, I wanted to go out to that party, but sometimes like when I'm feeling depressed, it's like, there's like just a weight on my chest holding me down. Yeah. You said that. And I was like, Oh boy, like I had that feeling once and I was like, this is what Tom was talking about. Mm -hmm. Yes, I feel this right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. MBK, I was supposed to hang out with her recently and she got mad at me very rightly because I, I had that, it was that same day. I had that dark day and mm -hmm. I had that pressure and she was texting me and every text that she sent being like, are we still on for tonight? It was like another weight was put on and it was just like, I could have just texted and said like, hey, I can't anymore. I'm so sorry. But that felt, that felt so far from where I yeah. could reach. So I ignored it and let it keep building and building and building. And, you know, nobody wins from that. So she was pissed at me because I ghosted her. It's like, yeah, you should be pissed. Yeah. But I, there's nothing I could do. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 a, it's a tough situation. It's a tough situation. Because, I mean, yeah, it totally makes sense that you'd be upset. But I also understand where you're coming from, too. Tricky stuff, tricky stuff. Tricky stuff, mental tricky health. stuff. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta take care of ourselves and take care of each other with that mental health stuff. Amen. And if you're ever feeling that way, just give a give a bitch a call because I've been likewise, it all. likewise over here. Absolutely. Let 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 us let us chat more. Let us. I'm gonna put a, a reminder of my phone in one week to give you a call to yes. chat with you. And if I don't call you that day, I'll, I'll change it to I'll change a new date. I'll find a new date. And I'll keep doing that till we till we find. I know we gotta get our we gotta get our group chat fired back up with Treppy. Okay, Andy Junk, thank you again so much for joining me and for giving me so much of your time and some of those very important lessons that I will absolutely be taking. Us versus the problem is that should be on a plaque somewhere. But thank you again. It's been an absolute pleasure. You're welcome back anytime, and I, I will look forward to your call. Such a true pleasure. Thank you for having me on. I cannot wait to listen to more of these episodes. And uh, Amen. I love that you're doing this, Tom, and I love you. I love you, too. Also, everybody, please check out on YouTube, Drunk in the Trunk with Andy Junk. It's a oh, phenomenal yes. web series. And you also have another web thing I just saw. Oh, there's a, a short film that I, I made with a buddy that uh, just came out. That's a very short, silly, uh, little like minute and a half long thing. But uh, Drunk in a Trunk, uh, there's, I, Tom, you've neglected to mention that you were one of my star guests. You were one of the best episodes, uh, Christmas special. I, I neglected <laughs> I neglected it because I wanted you to pick you your current to event. <laughs> well, no, oh, what's the name of the yeah. current thing? Uh, it's just It's just a short film called The Catch. Uh, which is like you know like a minute and a half long. It's very it was very run and gun shot in one day sort of thing. But I do I did meet a couple of fellows out here who are very fun nice dudes who uh, like to make movies and I might make some more with them so you can keep your eyes open for that. And it's on your Instagram, right? It is on my Instagram. That's correct. Or at least there's a link to it on my Instagram. I should probably put the actual thing on there. Do you yes. mind sharing your Instagram or do you not? You don't have to. Uh, absolutely. I would love followers. It's uh, the real Andy Junk at the real Andy Junk. There's a fake Andy Junk, but I am at the real Andy Junk. Perfect. Uh, and yes, I was on your Christmas episode of Drunk in the Trunk with Andy Junk. It's very embarrassing. I throw a bottle of wine at some point. Uh, I think we had four bottles of wine between the two of us in 
we drank Maybe 90 yes. minutes. Yes, we drank. I think we had, I think we had definitely two full bottles each. Uh, mm-hmm. And we might've even cracked open a third each as well. But yeah. yes, I, I know you broke at least two bottles of empty wine in that. Of empty wine, yeah. But it was, yeah. I mean, for comedic value, absolutely worth it. No question. Absolutely worth it. I really think you should fire that up again. Uh, just, I know that you probably won't, but it is very funny. Let me tell you this, Tom. Uh, here's the scoop: as I'm, I'm in works. I'm, I'm in the works of, of potentially getting uh, uh, season two. <laughs> Ten years yes. after this, I'm, I'm in the works. I'm sort of like feeling out for guests and stuff like that. And uh, I, I hope within the next year to have a couple more episodes out. So keep, keep your 2024, 2023 wide open for content because uh, when I come to out. New York, we're doing it. You'd be the first double guest. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, have a great rest of your night or day or morning, whenever you're listening. Uh, and see you next time. Bye bye.